You're listening to Once, episode 52, Broken, full discussion. Welcome back to another episode of Once Podcast, the podcast about ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And I'm Jenny. We are so glad to be back talking about episodes as they come. And we're happy to have you with us in this journey. If you haven't already, check out the website over at oncepodcast.com. Make sure you're subscribed to the blog and the podcast, too, so you automatically receive anything we post. That way... uh, you don't have to look for it. It'll be there. And join the forums, though. So much great stuff in the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. Before we get into our discussion of this episode of Once Upon a Time, I want to ask you guys to please help us out by nominating us in the 8th Annual Podcast Awards. I've made a video that explains how you can nominate us and our other podcasts in Noodle Mix Network. So please go to oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards and you can see a video with my pretty face on there showing you what you need to do in order to nominate our podcast and that would be in the entertainment category of the podcast awards and we would really appreciate it if you do that and then vote for us every day once the voting starts on november 1st so Check that out over at oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards. Now that we've had some time to dig through this episode of Once Upon a Time, the premiere episode of season two, they really gave us a lot of things we did not expect in this. But looking back, I would say there were some crazy predictions we made (laughs) that came true. I was going to say, I I think... I think it had the elements I expected it to, even Which, if that was a fill in the blank, this type of thing will happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. Which, which theories? Uh, one of the things that uh, I, I think I was the one that had predicted that there would be a destroyed fairy tale land that we would see people go back to or some people go back to. I can't re- remember when I predicted that, but I just thought maybe season two would be everyone goes back to a destroyed fairy tale land. I thought I thought um I thought we had kind of closed that one since she said that she'd be sacrificing one world for another. Yeah. Well, actually, it was Rolgorum. T- turns out, time. yeah, she said that to Rumple Stoltzkin. Mm. <sighs> but turns out there is a destroyed fairy tale land to go what back to in some way. And I think Jeremy, you had predicted that Emma would mm-hmm. go back into fairy tale land. Yeah. But not necessarily everyone else. Right. I huh. I expected them to be I expected there to be some separation. That happened a lot on Lost. I don't want to base all my theories on what happened <laughs> on Lost, but they had some good uh some good plot devices and they had they have some things that they like to do or that team like to do and obviously Kitsis and Horowitz came from there. Yeah, so there's there's a lot more that could be said and theorized about many of these things. And that's what we do this podcast for, 
And we've got so much feedback from you guys. I was amazed how many emails I was receiving every day since the episode aired, and I'll continue to receive emails. But listeners, here's what I would really encourage you to do. If you've got a lawn theory that you want to share or get <laughs> feedback on, post it in the forums over at oncepodcast.com slash forums. It's free and easy to join. And you can post there and get other fans to say, yeah, I noticed this too. Or, hey, what about this? Do you notice this? And if there are any issues in there, fights or anything, please let me know. <laughs> but we've got a great community, very friendly and very uh, great observant community. There are going to be a few forum posts that I'll link to from these show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 52 of some things that some people have found. But speaking of awesome people, before we get into our main conversation, I want to thank Sandra, Midge Marley, and Nasser Al-Kawari, I hope I pronounced that right, for sponsoring this episode of Once Podcast. We really appreciate your support, Sandra, Midge Marley, and Nasser Al-Kawari, because the podcast costs money to host, to host the website, to host the podcast files, to host the forums and all of that. So we really appreciate the support. And you're sponsoring this episode of Once Podcast. If anyone else would like to sponsor an episode of Once Podcast, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And there are many different options you can choose from there. So if you see Sandra, Midge Marley, or a Nasser, Nasser, however you pronounce that, in the forums or online or anything like that, please thank them for their support because the, it really does help. And your support would also help a lot too. So thank you, everyone. Visit oncepodcast.com slash sponsor if you would like to be a sponsor. So now with this episode, there's no longer this, but well, they've twisted a lot of things around. No longer are we just looking at two different worlds. We're now looking at three. That's something that even the writers had said that people are used to seeing the story start in either fairy tale land or enchanted forest or storybrook. And the story was, would switch back and forth between there. Now we've introduced a third place, New York. Are you sure it's New York? Yes. In fact, there are many people who have watched closely and said, oh, yeah, he got on this tram or this subway. He got off at this exit. He walked up this street and his apartment is at this <laughs> building. When I looked at it again, I knew that there were things like the map next to him in the subway that I, I knew people who knew would be able to tell where he was, but I didn't know for sure. Hmm. And uh, the horse, like at the very beginning, was near Central Park. Okay. And all of this. Yet some of these people who know the area really well have found that. And I think um, it's some of that's on the forums, too. If you go to oncepodcast.com slash forums and find the topic for this episode, you'll be able to see some of those posts people have shared about that. So it's definitely New York. So we now have New York, Storybrook, post-cursed fairy tale land or yeah. enchanted forest or i'm not sure if we can call this enchanted forest because it's not forest oh, let's call do. it fairy tale land because that's what we've always called it. yeah and i still think we're also going to see some pre-curse fairy tale land in some episodes maybe probably so there could be four different worlds that they'll be exploring yeah new york is well i guess it is kind of a different world than the rest of what we <laughs> but we may not see a lot of new york for a while did you see the cleaner and hatter sign in his bedroom yeah there is a lot in this strangers this mystery man's bedroom the mystery man is played by michael raymond james 
And there are so many things. He has three first names. <laughs> Michael, Raymond, James. <laughs> there, there's the yeah cleaners and hatters. There's this weird red hand painting. Um, there are some... Uh, shoes. Yeah, wooden shoes hanging up near the window. Are I, you sure they're wooden? I, I think they're just wooden. white. I think they're just white. Um, there are some other things. He's got a lot of old microphones and old radios and old cameras. Yeah. A lot of the stuff in the room looks really old-fashioned, antique-like. But then he's walking around with an iPhone 4 or 5. And he has gray hairs. A little bit, but he looks gray young. Hairs. He looks like 20s or 30s. I think he 30s. looks 30s. Yeah, lower. he's definitely not very old, basically. Not 40s, right? Not 40s. Guys, yeah, probably, not 40s. He has gray hairs, not. though. But you don't need to be very old to have those. I have white ones. And they're the most interesting clue. Now, um, I want to give credit to the team over at Secrets of Once Upon a Time, Father Roderick's group over at onceuponatime.sqpn.com. They did their live show today, and I was listening in, and they shared several of these things. And Father Roderick's opinion is that this guy is the white rabbit. And he shows several, points out several things in the room that might be tied to wonderland like um the the hatter cleaners and hatters and some other stuff that was there and there's uh, someone said there's a painting of a heart next to the window or near the window and lots of little clues and certain things a couple really interesting hidden things the song that starts playing is called charlie's girl and the lyrics to it are everybody said that you'd better watch out Man, she's going to turn you in. And me, you know that I thought that I looked out. Now look at the trouble I'm in. You know, you better watch out for Charlie's girl. It happened on New Year's Eve. They said everybody had to leave. They had a warrant in their hand. They wanted to bust the whole band. If I said, if I ever see Sharon again, I'm going to punch her face in. Oh my. Did that part actually play? No, that part didn't play. You know, you know, you better watch out for Charlie's girl. And do you remember what happens later in Fairy Tale Land? What Emma said she, to... she wants to punch gold in the face. <laughs> Maybe I don't need answers. Maybe I just need to punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> that line seems to give you great delight. And another thing about this Charlie name in the song that's playing that uh, credit to one of the other people that was in the SQPN chat room. And I think someone, yeah, someone in our forums have mentioned this too, that Charles Ludwig Dodgson, better known by the pseudonym Lewis Carroll, was an English author, mathematician, logician, 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 Anglican deacon, and photographer. So a few things there that could look like maybe a nod to Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. Really interesting here. There's an album in the room that you can see the album, see, and some people have figured out what that album is. The name of the album is The Day Everything Became Isolated and Destroyed. (laughs) Listen to these track titles from this. Track one, The Day Everything Became Nothing. Track two, Dead Souls. (laughs) Track three, Forget Your Life. Track four, (laughs) Beauty and the Beast. Track five, Brother Rat. (laughs) Track six, Dark Ages. Seven, Junk. Eight, and that's sad. Nine, 
Nine, small parts isolated and destroyed. Ten, victory. <laughs> Eleven, Teresa, give me that knife. <laughs> Twelve, real love. And thirteen, Ooh. lonely. I see. So really, really interesting there. <laughs> and uh, some people have even explored the lyrics of these songs. And uh, go to the forums because people have been sharing this stuff over at oncepodcast.com slash forums, where uh, there's so much more. Uh, people are, <laughs> have had the time to study these things in great detail. So some really interesting hidden things. Now, these little hidden things could easily be interpreted different ways. I think whenever we figure out who this is, we're going to be like, oh, duh, <laughs> because of well, this, this, and this. We Maybe. may already be. Yeah. I mean, none of this means that he can't be Bay. Yeah. None of it. I was trying to find Bay in his face. I was trying. I could see it. Maybe. I could it see that it would be there. Tan. They actually, I think they actually took the Messy hair. boy who played Bay and they accelerated his growth. <laughs> and, and so the opposite no. of what they did to Snow White to get <laughs> Bailey Madison. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Who do you think sent the postcard? I have a couple of theories. I think it, I still think it was Pinocchio or or How could Pinocchio Jefferson. send it? Because oh. he's sitting in Granny's being like, Thanks for checking on me, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, consider this. The only people that knew that Pinocchio was turning to wood were Emma and Henry. Emma's oh, yeah. gone. Well, yeah. She was right and, outside, but they got a little distracted, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen August yet. So no. we don't know if he's moving around or not, but that's a good theory. I think maybe <laughs> it was the Blue Fairy... Or Jefferson. I think, yeah, I think it had to be somebody who wasn't... Well, of course, like I said before, we don't really know when the postcard was sent or when it arrived. We may still see somebody send it. There's yeah. no guarantee. Yeah. But if we can assume that it was sent off pretty quickly, everybody was really busy. They kept showing the clock. And from when the purple smoke came to when they ran off to rescue Regina the first time was 10 minutes. Yes, the clock did move. That's an important point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. So, so they were all too busy to write postcards, <laughs> find postcards, let alone write on them. I don't think it could be <laughs> Regina, because I had said before, I think maybe Regina sent it, but Regina doesn't know about Rumpel's reason for creating the curse, so she doesn't know that he's seeking to find Bay. So she doesn't even know about Bay, perhaps. I said perhaps really weirdly. Yeah, I, I think she doesn't know. Blue Fairy could know. Yeah, because, I mean, she gave him the magic bean. We actually got an email from one of our listeners that has a very good point about this topic. Go ahead with it. I was trying to decide whether to read the whole thing or distill it. I'll read through it really quickly because she has some good Yeah, by the way, thoughts. we have gotten so many amazing emails. And if we can't include it, I'm very, very sorry. It's just... Trying to fit all of this stuff in is very difficult. So thank you so much for sending these great emails. She says, this is Katie. She says, hi, Once Podcasters. I've been listening to your podcast for months and I absolutely love it. And for the first time in all these months, I have a theory that I'd like to share. I have a theory about the mystery man and the opening scenes of Broken. Remember when August pretended to be Bay last season in The Stranger? How did he know Rumpelstiltskin had a son? 
How did he know to call him Papa? And how did he know about the dagger that could control the Dark One? All this information would have been hundreds of years old. No one would have known about Bay, and it's probable that no one knew about the dagger either. Now, let's pause just for a moment. The okay. Hundreds of years old? Not necessarily. Because if it would only be hundreds of years old if... Oh, okay. I get it. Hundreds of years old to the other fairy tale land characters. Yes. But to Bay, it's probably much less time. Right. But okay. in this case, specifically, August slash Pinocchio knew about it. Mm-hmm. But he was much younger than Bay. Yeah. And came much after all this. So he had to learn it somewhere. And it seemed to not be in the book either. So she said, she goes on. After all, Rumpelstiltskin went to great lengths to make sure no one found out about it, even killing the mute maid when she saw the dagger. Which was sad. Yeah, and gross. <laughs> so how did August know about all this? I think that unless some new information comes to light, the only way he could know all this would be through contact with Balefire. And who else would have contacted the mysterious man with the message broken? No one from Fairytale Land. This is where I found it interesting, and I hadn't really thought like this. No one from Fairytale Land... Because they didn't have contacts in the outside world, except for August, who had lived there for years. So, assuming that August woke up when the curse was broken, and assuming that the writers aren't concealing some vital information, I think it's a safe bet that the man in New York was Balefire, and the person contacting him was August. What do you guys think? I think it's a really good theory. She. It's Katie. I said, I think oh. that's a really good theory. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, So, the outside contact thing is a good point yeah we haven't seen any indication that anyone has outside contact much except possibly gold because somehow he got henry that's true but well, even he can't even leave know how he got him even he couldn't leave because he wanted to break the curse or he wanted magic or something in order to be able to take the trip that he's planning yeah that i don't know it I well, I will see this answer eventually, but it's kind of like how long before we see, <laughs> even if August is still alive, how long before right. we see that? Along the lines of other people outside of Storybrooke, we got this email in from uh, Fauxpas or Carly. Thank you for including your real name in here. And it's a long email, but let me see if I can get through this because this is some really, really interesting out-of-the-box thinking. Carly says, Hey guys, I'm going to put it out there that Balefire is my guess as to the stranger's identity. But if he is, it brings up just as many questions as it answers. How would he understand the importance of the message and who could have sent it? The thing that interests me most about this, though, is that it would mean Bay would know about what's going on in Storybrooke. I have a theory about how that could be possible. Mulan made it clear that all the realms were affected by the curse. Now, slight technicality there. I'm not sure that Mulan knows about other worlds or areas like um, like Regina does. Regina said hmm. they were all cursed. That's, yeah. Uh, so then, why haven't we seen anyone from any of the other realms except those like Jefferson, who Regina picked for out for special attention. I'm thinking that everyone else was sent into our world, but not into Storybrooke, like Emma and August, and that while living outside, Bay runs into someone from one of those worlds who can sense the residual magic from home on him. I'm thinking the giant from Jack and the Beanstalk. Fee, fi, fo, fum, I smell the blood of an Englishman. Anyone else hear that version? <laughs> 
And Bay works with him to create some sort of network or underground railroad thing to help them out, possibly with Blue Fairy as their connection inside Storybrooke. After all, she is supposed to be older and more powerful than Rumple, so it's possible she found a way to keep at least some of her memories. He and his friend came across Emma and can sense the magic in her, but she gives no indication that she knows anything about one of the other worlds. So he gets in touch with the Blue Fairy and she explains who Emma is, asking him to watch over her like August was supposed to. But he realizes that Emma isn't ready to believe, not without proof, and he can't give her proof without magic, something that isn't here and he wouldn't mess with even if it was. He decides to stick by her and they fall in love. I like to think this is the Tallahassee part when she was talking to Mary Margaret. It seemed like whatever Henry's dad did really hurt, and I don't think she would let a one-night stand or short relationship get behind her walls enough to hurt her that much. After a while, Bay has to do something to help someone from another realm, but it involves something illegal. Emma gets caught up in the middle of it. Bay can't really explain it to her, not without sounding crazy. She gets caught and sent to jail, and now she hates him. Thanks again. Keep up the great... Keep up the work on the great podcast from Faux Pas or Carly. Really interesting theory that maybe others are scattered across. And we received an email from someone else that suggested that maybe this letter has gone out to several characters, maybe several bad characters, notifying them that the curse is broken and they can now come into Storybrooke, almost like an invasion. Mm, Maybe. It seems a little, I don't know. We know, I won't share specific spoilers, but we do know of some other characters that will be coming to Storybook or coming, we'll see in Storybook. They might have been there the whole time. Yeah, they might have been there or they might be coming. So that could be evidence for this, but we don't, we won't know until we really see that. In our chat room, Stephanie suggests a welcome villains convention in Storybrooke. <laughs> By the way, we do the show live on Sunday nights immediately after the Eastern and Central viewing time at 9.15 Eastern Daylight Time or Eastern Time. That's GMT minus four right now. And we do our full discussion on Wednesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time over at oncepodcast.com slash live. We'd love for you to join us. So many other people do, and it's a lot of fun. So there are so many theories about who this guy is, examining what's in his room. Any other theories you guys want to throw out? I know people have suggested maybe he's the um, that rabbit, the white rabbit from Wonderland. Maybe he's Bay. Maybe he is Henry's father, but not Bay. Maybe he <laughs> is someone else completely. Maybe he's Peter Pan. There are a lot of theories out there of who this guy could be. Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> no, I don't think he's Jiminy Cricket because oh, right. that's Archie Hopper. Right, right. <laughs> so, listeners, we would love <laughs> your feedback in the forums, or you can comment on the show notes for this episode at onespodcast.com slash 52. So, moving on from this... the first one minute of the show. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like so much in just that one minute. Now, uh, one last thing is that the stranger did look surprised at the dove, but then seemed knowledgeable of the postcard when it saw, said broken. It's his expression changed mm-hmm. as like, oh. By he the never way, spoke. <laughs> yeah. 
expressions in this episode are very important. We've received a lot of emails about different theories, but if you really look at people's expressions, it kind of becomes clear on what's going on in their minds. And we'll get into more of that in a little bit. So now we usually start, it's been so long. Let's start in Storybrooke. Yeah, chronologically here, because a lot of people are a little (laughs) bit confused about this. I was confused the first time we watched it. Most of what happens in Storybrooke happens first. Then what we see happen in fairy tale land with Aurora, Prince Philip, and Mulan happens after most of the events in Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. There's just a tiny little bit of overlap, like 10 minutes overlap in, right. in story time, but not in uh, air time. Tiny overlap. So chronologically, we're, we're seeing these things happen one after the other and connected to each other. Mm-hmm. But in terms of passing of time... Keep in mind that when we see this episode broken, this is the morning, the day that the curse has been broken. Mm-hmm. So it's the curse is broken in the morning at eight fifteen or eight eight o'clock, somewhere around eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Then Rumpelstiltskin's purple haze comes in at eight fifteen, engulfs the town. We saw the clock move from eight to fourteen to eight fifteen. Mm-hmm. Then everything happens in this episode. The wraith comes at nighttime. Emma and Mary Margaret get sucked into the hat with the wraith that night. Mm-hmm. So all of this happens within one day. But the events in fairy tale land, uh, by the time that Emma and Mary Margaret and the wraith show up in fairy tale land, there have been probably a few weeks since the curse was broken to them, mm. since they were unfrozen. Because they know what well, Mulan said, we were unfrozen and then we continued our search. So were the people in Storybrooke. That's what I had thought, too. Like, they unfroze just at the same time that ah. Emma broke. Emma came to Storybrooke oh, and unfroze Oh, yeah, they mentioned time. the curse weakening. Yes, that's right. But here's a slight issue with them. Aurora said that she was asleep for less than a year. Emma has been in Storybrooke, while the writers have said, over the past year. She didn't yeah. know how long she'd been asleep. <sighs> yeah, I don't even know yeah. why she said that. I mean, there might be more to it. That for some reason she knows, but if she was frozen beyond being asleep for the 28 years, she wouldn't understand that part either. I'm not really sure how they know that it was 28 years that they were frozen. Yeah. I mean, you're frozen. <laughs> well, um, Snow White was conscious of the glass coffin when she was put under the sleeping curse. And when Henry fell under the same curse from eating the apple turnover mm-hmm. he was aware that emma had said i love you to him and then philip leaned over aurora and said if this works we don't tell her everything and she didn't wake up and ask what that meant so yeah <laughs> tell me what a little inconsistent <laughs> yeah so something there with the timing a little bit odd but we'll start out then in storybook i want to mention that dopey like my first thought was he looks like a gamer like all the other dwarves come out and i noticed dopey and he's wearing you know soft pants a t-shirt socks and sandals and a toboggan he and 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 like a t-shirt that has something on it and i was like he looks like a gamer gamer? (laughs) like he looks totally slack like he hasn't you know he doesn't have a job He, he just looks like an adolescent like he he looks like he's acting like an adolescent which would be perfect for Dopey because like he's a, Dopey. He's Dopey. He's a dope. <laughs> I hope it doesn't have T 
deeper meaning. Yeah, Storybrooke. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, blue fairy. Uh, well, Henry knew that she was the blue fairy, and they had this brief conversation. Magic. It's here. I can feel it. Magic? In Storybrooke? You're the blue fairy. Do something magical. It's not quite that simple, Henry. No wand, no fairy dust. Matters are complicated now. I actually loved it when Henry said, Grandpa? (laughs) And I love Mary Margaret's laugh. Like, she was just like, (laughs) You're right. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) You're a grandpa. You're a grandpa. You know, speaking of the wand, Larry sent in an email, really interesting idea that I didn't pick up here. He said, uh, hey, Oncers, just listen to episode 51 and have a couple thoughts to add. At least initially after Mr. Gold's purple smoke, neither the Blue Fairy nor Regina have magic. The Blue Fairy says she has no wand, no fairy dust. Do we know why Rumpelstiltskin wanted Cinderella's magic wand? So he could do something. So he could do magic, Derry. Maybe he <laughs> has that wand in Storybrooke, and that's how he's going to be able to wield magic. Maybe. Because it almost seemed like he was surprised when the purple haze was gone. He almost has this look of surprise, like... Oh, I noticed that, too. Like like, like, he, like something else was supposed to happen, but he just kind of rolled with it. I don't... I thought he was just around. pretty much, like... Kissing Bell and stuff after that. <laughs> Not quite. Uh, Larry, Speaking of the kiss. Hold on. Let me let me read the rest of Larry's email here. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking that magic is going to be through magical things. Remember that smirk Mr. Gold had when Regina said she used the last of her magic trinkets? And what if Mr. Gold's pawn sh- is and what is Mr. Gold's pawn shop full of? He unleashed the wraith through a magic thing. And I think that thing would not have worked uh, before he brought magic back, by the way. Do you think people are going to notice like he's got everything in his shop and they're all just kind of coming like, we want our stuff. I want our stuff back. (laughs) Give me back my mobile. Or it might be like (laughs) weapons that he equips people to fight against Regina. I want a scene with no dialogue and James slash Charming slash David just walks in picks up the windmill, and walks out. (laughs) (laughs) It's not really his. I know, but I don't know. It would just be funny. Get me back my windmill that I hate. I'll bet he wants his sword. Where is that? Oh, Oh, wait. It's in the dragon. It's in Maleficent. Oh, yeah. Or it's down there. Go get it. It has to be down there because Emma didn't bring it back up. Hmm. So, I wonder how long until we see the Blue Fairy actually get magic i was wondering if she was gonna you know pop out her wings <laughs> <laughs> well so we've seen that uh, archie did not turn back into a cricket blue oh! fairy did not turn back into a fairy you're and so right R- ruby did not turn back into a wolf oh, well, okay it was it was during the day. we're glad for yeah. two of the three of those things <laughs> anyway speaking of this kiss <laughs> he had really ropey spit. Ew! I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that. I'm also, just... she caught her nose on his lip. I know. And... Oh, wonders of high definition. <laughs> I think that kiss didn't do anything, like didn't break any spell, <laughs> because Mr. Gold was already an ordinary man. Remember in Skin Deep when Belle kissed him, 
it started turning him from Rumpelstiltskin or the Dark One into an ordinary man. Uh-huh. Well, magic is different there. And here. So, I mean, Regina, she got back her... I think if Emma goes around touching everybody, she's going to turn them back into, you know, <laughs> their magical selves. I maybe. don't know. Maybe. I think she just needs to touch everybody. Or, or maybe it wears off. Maybe. That's a theory that someone had to email to well, us. That's a, good, that's a good theory. That'd be nice. Regina's a little scary. <laughs> Speaking of which, mm-hmm. I kept... After we watched it, I kept thinking, I didn't really hear her go into full evil queen mode at any time. And then rewatching, I realized she was hoarse the entire time. I don't she think she could kinda... use her voice for her for her normal Regina or evil queen voices. When her, you know, I noticed that and noticed that her voice wasn't like it normally is, too. You're right. She's really good about the voice changes and yeah, everything, but I don't. I don't think she could do it. Maybe she had <laughs> during <cold>. filming. <laughs> they probably all went great timing. <laughs> Unless she was trying to be evil, sound kind of like the evil queen the whole time. I, I don't think so. I love that moment when she realizes that she's powerless. <laughs> yeah, she says, <laughs> what? She wanted to see her queen. Whoosh. <laughs> like, I loved that moment. It was, it was very satisfying. Oh, and did you notice... The Dr. Whale started to grab Regina's face, not her neck. So oh, I thought he was going for her throat. He didn't. He was going for her face. So I'm wondering, <laughs> who is he? He's not really giving off any good guy well, vibes. Well, it, it does. And I got a screenshot of this. It does look like he's going toward her throat. But the camera cut so quickly. It was actually very hard to get a screenshot of oh, it. But his oh. hands were going up. Didn't quite reach her throat. So, yeah, he could have been going to her face. I, in the split second that I saw his hands go up, I thought he was going to put them around her face, not her neck. What would that mean? I made a note of it, even. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looked like he was going for her face. I was like, what's he going to do there? So, <laughs> so I was like, maybe that's kind of a clue of who he is. Like, who do we know who touches people's faces to hurt them? <laughs> well, Ellie Active in the chat room suggested a vampire. Uh, and oh several people think he might be Dr. Frankenstein. Well, he doesn't seem like a good guy. Right. Especially based on his conversation that he has uh, with David, as Whale led this frenzy to Regina's house, and he he has had his happy ending ripped away, too. So keep that in mind with whatever your theories are of uh, someone who was cursed. What was their happy ending? And or that his was power. Away? Yeah, could be, too, yeah. But here was the, <laughs> the correspondence between Whale and David. Okay, Whale, we're done. Back off. You're not my prince. Who are you, Whale? That's my business. And during this, Regina almost has another knowing look. Like, Regina does know who he is. I didn't notice that. It's very brief. She's not even on screen, but it's definitely (laughs) there. (laughs) It is on screen. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So, he is intentionally hiding Mm-hmm. His identity. Why would he do that? Why would any Why would any good guy do that? Well, so, he's just like he's not part of the good guy club. I just don't think so. It, I don't think so either. Probably not. Who I don't know he? if he's hiding it per se, but sometimes with people like Regina and apparently Whale, everything's on kind of a need to know basis, which is probably why Regina has never mentioned before that she thinks Fairy Tale Land is destroyed. Like talking to Jefferson, hmm. mainly. She was having a particular argument with him and why why tell him 
<laughs> that there's nothing to go back to. <laughs> Just tell him how stupid he is for even wanting to. <laughs> Ellie Escape in the chat room said that the knowing look from Regina could have been her thinking, I hope you guys kill each other so I can leave. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's sitting there trying to convince herself, I may not have magical power, but I still have my queenliness and my, <laughs> my general power of persuasion. And the elections aren't for another few years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mayor? <laughs> so she does say, though. The curse is broken. Why didn't we go back? Because there's nothing to go back to. That land is gone. You're right. She does sound hoarse. <laughs> Feel well, better, Lana. <laughs> yeah, she said it there. I meant before when she was talking to Jefferson last Just the whole thing. Like, I was, I was thinking this episode, she sounded kind of hoarse. So, uh, back to Whale's identity thing. It, this does definitely confirm that he's someone significant. Dang it. So, any character people might be thinking of, think of it as being someone significant. But then again, look how significant the huntsman turned out to be. Uh, and that he did turn out to be significant. That's what I mean. Oh, I see. So, so like we they, wouldn't have thought, oh, the huntsman, of course, but he was significant anyway. Yeah, he ended up, they m- ended up making a character significant. Right. An, an insignificant story character. Significant. I think Whale is one of the three little pigs. <laughs> so... No, so he really. is definitely significant and not just a forgotten or an ignored identity, but intentionally being hidden from mm-hmm. us. I just had a thought. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the chat room, it gave me the thought that maybe since Wales said, you're not my prince, maybe he was of King George's following since he doesn't have allegiance to to Prince Charming Prince James. Yeah, we got David, a couple emails suggesting say. that. But then again, his line could have also just been like, well, yeah, David is a prince, but he's not a prince that's of any relevance to Whale. Like, you can take it both ways, really. Regina certainly knew. Regina certainly knew that uh, David was not the real prince. Hmm. Oh, and Regina lies twice. In this episode, she first says, she's alive about Belle. And she says, who's Jefferson? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Go ahead, Jeremy. People have wondered if maybe the soul sucker did something to her and she actually did forget Jefferson. No, I think she's just being cunning. I think so, too. I think she's just going to do her best to confuse everyone and keep as much information to herself as possible. She's in like survival mode yeah. now <laughs> so she's gonna she's gonna claw her way out of any situation eventually she's gonna accidentally be like who's regina oh wait That's and <laughs> when you watch her face when she says that there is this awkward silence from when emma says um something about jefferson mm-hmm. and she looks at emma and a single screenshot just doesn't do it justice you have to watch the video mm-hmm. of it it looks like she's like what you know jefferson and then she says, who's Jefferson? And, you know, Regina, usually, there could be something different here. I'm not discounting that entirely. But she usually, when she lies, she's usually kind of like, hmm, I don't know what you're talking about. And kind of, she's she's sure. almost, she's just very neutral. And But when she, when she really doesn't know what the person's talking about, she's sort of mad about it. She's kind of like, she'd be like, who's Jefferson? What are you talking about? <laughs> if she really didn't know. I think that's what she would do. Yeah. And say, maybe, this has been my hat. And blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, because when yeah, Emma said that's that's the hat, and she said, "Excuse me, that's Jefferson's hat." And Maybe she just wants to deny any ties she um, may have with Jefferson, or she has with Jefferson. It's not may have; she has with Jefferson, just to kind of hide her, you know, the full extent of her evilness. That plus the fact that, as far as she knows. Jefferson has been reluctantly working only for and with her, even in Storybrooke, which isn't entirely true. She doesn't know that he got a hat to work. He, she doesn't even know that he tried. Well, that Emma got a hat to work, or well, we right. think Emma got the hat to right. work. But I think that Regina also doesn't realize that Emma has magic until mm-hmm. now, because she, Regina knew she didn't have magic. And then Emma touched her. The mm-hmm. hat worked. And it's very obvious that it was Emma's touch. The camera right. focuses on it. Yeah. And there does seem to be a brief moment where Regina looks down at Emma's hand as if she realized, you touched me and that's what made it work. Hmm. And when she pushes James or David up against the wall and the vines come out, there is absolutely no surprise no that that happened. No hesitation either. Yeah. It's just like, boom. I knew I could do this. Mm-hmm. Even the way she provoked David, it's com- kind of like, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. You don't know my secret weapon. Yeah. I know something you don't know. <laughs> I have magic. <laughs> you know, um, I'm going to change the subject and I'm going to say, <laughs> I wonder if what Snow thinks of Mary Margaret's style. Because <laughs> <laughs> Snow, like, we're all these, like, forest clothed <laughs> it might change and that does she used bring to up, wear dresses yeah that does bring up a good point <laughs> that wore pants that characters now have multiple names multiple personalities to deal with and throughout this episode i think every character except obviously emma was called by both of their names that was confusing regina called david david at one point which could also be his original name it could in be. fairy tale land mm-hmm. um Emma, or Mary Margaret, no, I'm sorry, David <laughs> called <laughs> I get Mary Margaret all the time. David called Mary Margaret Snow mm-hmm. once, and he also called her Mary Margaret. Uh huh. Yeah. And they've called Mr. Gold, Mr. Gold, and Rumpelstiltskin. I think everybody's just going to be really confused for yeah. a little while. They weren't really aware of the t- passage of time, but they haven't lost any of their memories, w- yeah. apparently, which is good. So they have in both. A way false memories that they now realize are false and they have the true memories Mm -hmm. and the memories of living as though the false memories are true and (laughs) (laughs) so when gold and regina talk and he brands her with the medallion he tells her and throughout this episode we're reminded that magic is different in storybrooke i like the theory that People don't have magic except Emma, but items might have magic. Because remember when Mr. Gold, and this gets us back on chronologically here, Mr. Gold summoned the wraith. He used his dagger, not his own magical powers. The wraith didn't come until he stuck the dagger in the ground next to the medallion. Maybe Mm -hmm. he wrote something into the curse that would allow him to do that. Certainly, yeah. That's why I'm thinking is that he... All of these objects he's been collecting have been... He's collected objects from every person who ended up cursed. Well, we assume so because he has lots of stuff. So, maybe each person could only have one or two items that could come through with magical properties. 
And so he's collected all of them over time. So now he has all these magical items. Magic hoarder. <laughs> now, some people, um, speaking of the wraith and the medallion, some people have questioned, well, was it really the same wraith? Well, chronologically, when you view the episode as its chronological events, yes, it's the same wraith. As soon as it came out of the medallion, it's wearing the medallion again. Right. So it, it kind of formed around the medallion and lifted up with the medallion necklace around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is just one medallion that we see, and that one medallion was taken into Fairytale Land, where then it branded Prince Philip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But before we get too far away from Mr. Gold and his shop, I would like to mention the teapot. You guys don't think it's important, but I do, because they focused on it. <laughs> I, and each time people came in, he shut the teapot. Each time? Yes. There were two times. They, whenever, whenever Emma and Mary Margaret and David came in, he shut the teapot, and they were very deliberate in showing you that he shut the teapot. And hmm. when Belle came back in the room, yeah, exactly, that shot. Daniel's got a screenshot of him We'll have shutting. it in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 52. The teapot. So... I only noticed it once, and probably only because you or somebody said something about it. Well, when so Bell, I was watching for it. When Bell came in, he shut it. Like, you didn't see him shut it, but you heard him shut it. So, it, it hmm. just, it seems to me like it's, why would they spend time on a teapot if it's something about it isn't significant? Maybe he's hiding something in it. Maybe he's brewing something in it other than tea. Potions. <laughs> now, one of the times we did see him actually pour hot water out yeah. of this teapot oh uh, he was pouring it into the teapot oh oh that's right and then he shut it and then he shut the teapot yeah yeah so there could be something significant there the way they lingered on it i agree jenny the way they it's lingered just on odd it because they he's didn't drowning explain. fairies <laughs> <laughs> he didn't i mean that wasn't explained and it just seems like such a a small thing to explain later maybe it's not significant maybe it is <laughs> August W. Booth in the chat room saying, that's where I brew all my potions. <laughs> I don't know. So when Emma, Mary Margaret, and David go into Mr. Gold's shop to ask him about this, and he explains the purple haze. What was the purple haze that you brought? You know, magic. <laughs> Why? Not telling. <laughs> Not telling. <laughs> and when <laughs> earlier... When Belle talked to him and uh, was so upset that he might use magic against Regina to attack him. Is, is, that, is that why you did this? Why you wanted magic? For revenge? Oh, but it might come in handy. <laughs> so why, if not for revenge, and Rumpelstiltskin Gold is keeping it a secret, why did he bring magic? In the premiere, I mean, in the finale, he did say magic is power. Mm-hmm. Yes, he wants power. But why? Why does he want that power? He has a reason that he it's, wants the it's power. It's all about Bay. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, he will love nothing. He will, he will do nothing else. He's, he's, he's vowed that he's going to find Bay. And I think this is connected to his finding Bay. will somehow help him to find Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody in the chat room saying, to find Bay. Unless <laughs> there's something else. Like, consider, what if it's not just to find Bay? What else? That's the thing I want people to think about is, 
Okay, the obvious idea is to find Bay. Well, maybe it's to prevent people from getting in his way while he's trying to find <laughs> Bay. Well, yeah, I mean, he has always believed that he has to be this powerful thing, even if it's dark, in order to protect his son. Yeah, and I loved how Bell just said, "You're still a man who makes bad decisions," and I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. He he is making bad decisions. Sweet Belle. She's so nice. Also remember that Mr. Gold reminded Emma that she owes him a favor. Yeah, that's going to be bad. Maybe that favor will have something to do with his magic. I'm glad they reminded us. Mm -hmm. Not that we would forget or anything. (laughs) It's one of the few things, frankly, that they set up in season one that survived to season two. Aside from the characters themselves. Even the curse didn't last beyond the first season. Right. Or did it. Or did it. Because can people leave Storybrooke? We have yet to see that. No one's tried yet. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to mm-hmm. see someone try. And and they'll die. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Maybe we'll see people try to enter Storybrooke like this mysterious character. And maybe they won't be able to. Or maybe they'll enter and get stuck. So then we'll have people saying, so the curse is maybe not as broken as we would have hoped. Yeah. That might be a little frustrating. I kind of hope that's not the case. (laughs) As far as Belle and Gold go, it's a little like Beauty and the Beast. The story of Beauty and the Beast isn't over yet. Mm -hmm. She's choosing to stay with him for her own reasons. Remember in Skin Deep during that cute little conversation that (laughs) they were having, he was like, "Ah, ah, ah, you're trying to discover the monster's weakness. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> don't don't that was, what, that was the most annoying part he was being cute to her he was being the cute, most annoying cute part little to dark me. one <laughs> <laughs> but then he kind of brings that up again when bell comes back to him later why should you must leave because despite what you hope i'm still a monster I love it that right after he finishes saying, this cup that reminds me of you is my most valued possession. And without you know, and you skipping a beat or taking a breath, and now you must go. You touched my favorite cup. Get out. And he like takes it back from her and like cradles it. But it, it was cool that she said, because, like, Jeremy, you pointed this out. Because you're a monster. That's why I'm going to stay. Belle's a good guy. Girl. (laughs) Belle's a good girl. Evangelical romance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Good people and villains. Now, going back to um, Emma, Mary Margaret, David, and Regina all attacking against the Wraith. uh, The hat didn't work until Emma touched Regina. We mentioned that. When... David tried to jump into the hat after uh, them. That was hilarious. <laughs> that must have hurt. But I don't think it was his body that destroyed the hat. Because when you look at the hat after David picks it up, it's not just smashed. It also looks burned. Oh, As if it it's something more than just David that destroyed it. You're and right. It's have, got like burn marks and holes and it looks really old now. Stupid different magic. Yeah, so we'll have a picture in the show notes at oncepodcast.com slash 52. Single-use hats. Jefferson's going to come in handy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Jefferson's going to have to make another 
And isn't that how it is in our world? Things that you would have made once and used over and over and over Ooh. again in the old days, now they're just disposable. You just use them one time and throw them away. I bet you he can't use any other hat than the one that Emma made. So yeah. he's got one hat. Which Regina oh. doesn't know exists. She doesn't. So I'm still not I convinced think that Emma works. made it. I feel like she touched it. I, <laughs> well, I see, think she did. Touching it would be good enough. It was overnight that well, she took to okay, try and maybe. make it. Um, by the way, there's a little lost reference, and there are several actually. Like, kind of, it looked like the record player in oh, yeah. Strange Man's Apartment was the same record player from season two premiere <laughs> of Lost. Just plain. Now, how old is that song? Uh, 70s, I think. Yeah, just playing a 70s song, yeah. starting out with that and starting out with a, conf- a scene that confuses the audience. That's all kind yeah, of... Very a, lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also, here in the scene in the um, kind of town hall, they poured, David poured McCutcheon whiskey <laughs> across the little uh, f- Actually, that was Mary Margaret. Flash no. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, they poured that on there, and that's a little lost She was reference. all about the flammables. Yeah, she was very much herself. <laughs> like, she was giving these knowing glances, and I just really enjoyed how well she transitioned from Mary Margaret to <laughs> Snow. Yeah. <laughs> you're used to seeing Mary Margaret in Storybrook, and now she's definitely Snow. It was great in Golds when everything started going crazy, when the Wraith showed up, and Snow was like, Emma, come on, like, <laughs> come on, little child of mine, we we have to go, and they was like, we need to go take care of this. There's like, there's no question, we're we're going to take care of whatever crazy thing is happening in the town. Yeah. So do you think Regina knows that there's this protected corner of fairy tale land? No. I don't know, it doesn't seem like it. Because she said to David... The curse, it destroyed all the lands. Are they dead? I don't know. She said lands. Yeah. Plural. And Jefferson was brought from Wonderland. Uh, Dr. Whale probably brought from somewhere else, too, because no one knows who he is except Regina, we think. I wouldn't say probably. It's possible. Yeah, I basically have no idea about that. But Mm -hmm. I don't think that she really knows what's going on because... She went to a lot of trouble to say they were sending the wraith into oblivion. Mm -hmm. Regina is, she's always reckless. Like, she always seems reckless to me. Like, she's just kind of coming up with plans, kind of on the fly. She's just, she's still quite reckless. That's just how she is. And and gold, and this has nothing to do with anything. I'm just kind of making character judgments. <laughs> I'm enjoying that they're consistent. Like gold is always very calculating, very deliberate with what he does. And, and Regina is just kind of like, I'm going with this. Well, but I'm it's going true. With that. She doesn't really, she doesn't really know what she's getting into before she does it. She yeah, announces exactly. what she's doing with the curse before she even has it. Yeah. She doesn't typical, even know how to do it. It takes her months. Typical after. womanly behavior. We hardly ever know what we're doing. <laughs> a woman said that. I, I will did. point that I out. I did. I did. That's hilarious. Well, anything, great discussion here on Storybrooke. Anything else to mention about Storybrooke or throw something out again about New York? Okay, let's move on to talking about... Uh, fairy tale land, whichever area of fairy tale land this is. Oh, by the way, one last thing about Starbuck I forgot to mention. Uh, there, when Belle came in to visit Rumple or Gold, he was spinning. Do you oh, think yeah. he was doing that to trying to forget? Oh, 
because that's what he said. I think he was trying to make gold. (laughs) To tell you the (laughs) truth, I think he was just kind of seeing if he could still do it. So in fairy tale land, which chronologically happens after the events in Storybrooke or the majority of the events in Storybrooke, because Emma, Mary Margaret, and the Wraith were that rumbling that Mulan felt that then burst through uh, the palace floor mm-hmm. like that. So mm. that's when Emma, Mary Margaret, and all of them came through. Do and you know, consider they stayed there for a day. <laughs> that's a long time to lay there. Mm. I was wondering what she was feeling for on that exact spot on the top step of the palace. I was like, why is she feeling up there for a wraith <laughs> that flies <laughs> through the sky? Like, why is she even feeling the ground for something that flies? Yeah, she just didn't I was know wondering that what was coming. But the fact that you just said that um, Mary Margaret and Emma mm. came through the ground. She, she felt something, a disturbance of some sort. Yeah. Back up a little bit. I know in the initial reactions, Jenny, you were theorizing that maybe Mulan loves Philip. I hate that. And, and many other people do. But Get I think... your own prince, Mulan. <laughs> yeah, and several people emailed in saying they agree with you. She needs to get her own prince. She does. But uh, something interesting that was pointed out about um, the kiss, Alyssa pointed out that Philip's kiss of true love broke this leaping curse. Yeah. So Philip has true love, broke the sleeping curse. (laughs) The leaping curse. I'm not sure I remember that one. I I felt like I might have said, bloke the sweeping curse. (laughs) That was Cinderella's curse, the sweeping curse. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so Philip has true love for Aurora. Aurora has true love for Philip. And someone had even suggested that maybe Mulan has true love and she might need to kiss Philip at some point. No, don't. don't. It's just complicated. They just did that because it was stupid. It is stupid. I'm sorry. I was not, I wasn't impressed. I was hoping that with the second viewing, I would change my mind. But the whole Aurora Mulan thing, I wasn't really impressed with either of them. Mulan still really annoys me. They could have had potential, but they needed, it could have been the director's fault it could have been the script's fault the dialogue was super basic which people have complained about at times in the past last year but it doesn't usually bother me but with these two it did because they're supposed to each have so much weight behind their characters and you have two of them and and it might not even be the aurora that we're used to traditionally it might be her daughter whatever but then there's mulan and you've got two of them together, and there's still no no real presence for me in the scenes. Some of the times when it was just the two of them and they were talking, I was like, are we watching, like, Glee or something? They're just, <laughs> they're using these little girl voices and bickering about, you love him. And I was like, good. Some, where's the soul sucker? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now, you brought up of, is Aurora the actual sleeping beauty? And... There's a lot of things to think about there. Well, something Aurora said about Maleficent. A safe haven from Maleficent? First she goes after my mother, then me. Forgive me if I'm still a bit wary. Yeah, I noticed that and I was like, wait a minute. In the original Disney, you know, version, that's... We don't get to see that part uh, of history. I mean, it's easy for it to be there because that story begins um, on the on the day of Aurora's birth. 
So we don't see the history between the queen and Maleficent. Right. But it is alluded to in the second episode of the first season when Evil Queen came to visit Maleficent and take the curse from her. Here is the first part of their conversation. How are you, dear? I'm doing fine. Are you? If it were me, I'd be simply tortured watching that flake of snow so happy. Weren't you about the same age when you were to be married before she ruined it all? Yes, you were. Yes, it was about the same age you were when that sleeping beauty got the best of you, my dear Maleficent. I soldiered on, as you will too, hopefully. So she soldiered on. She doesn't say that she forgave Aurora's mother or any of that. I'm thinking that Aurora, I mean, that... uh, Maleficent went after Aurora's mother. That's the original Sleeping Beauty story. Mm -hmm. So about 16 years before the curse. And then as part of revenge, or maybe she feels... This timeline here is really difficult to try and figure out. I've been playing with this for a few days. Um, Did Maleficent already pass the sleeping curse onto Aurora at this point? Or did this happen later? If it happened now, then it could make sense that Maleficent would say, I soldiered on. And in her mind, she's thinking, I got my revenge on her daughter. <laughs> uh, you, or, know, you know, now that I think about it, it really makes sense that Aurora's mother and she would have a sort of, you know, clashy history. Because why? Uh, what else could provoke an evil witch... To bestow such a curse mm. on a baby. Yeah. And there, sure, there are some differences between this Aurora and Philip's story from the Disney version or the fairy tale version. Like, there was no dragon at the castle, but the castle was grown over with vines. There is the sleeping curse. There was the spindle right there next to Aurora. Okay. I now, didn't the, see that. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yeah the spindle eye. is there. We'll have a screenshot in the show notes. The vines podcast. looked com. like they had had a lot of time to die well that could yeah. be oh never mind but i don't know if that was just well it was it was thorns yeah that, that was the curse so i don't they know were... if they were just weak thorns and vines or if they well they didn't have time to have philip just fight with thorns <laughs> maybe it's true <laughs> <laughs> it's true and there was no there it is wow yeah the the original story would have been, since it's in our storybooks, since we even know about it, it would have been her mother. It would have been in the past. Maleficent would have still been there. So that's why there would have been a dragon. Right. Of course, apparently she wasn't killed at that time. Yeah. Maybe they split the story up. Maybe they've changed the story. They've done both for mm-hmm. these things. They've merged stories. They've split stories. They've changed stories. So we don't have to say, oh, this isn't the Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Maybe her mother was Sleeping Beauty and the story is split. And so what we hear is mm-hmm. uh, it's it, they can really use a lot of creative license here. What did Regina call um, the, the the trouble that she said that Sleeping Beauty got the best of you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They left it pretty vague. They did. The bigger thing here is the, the timeline of this particular story in my mind is difficult because they talk about rebuilding this castle. They said multiple times during the show, this is where they were going to spend the rest of their lives. And it's where she was. 
but Philip and Mulan were out searching for her. And when they got unfrozen almost a year before this, they resumed their search and what? They didn't think of looking back at their own castle? They, did, <laughs> they didn't know she was here. In fact, at the end of the episode, she refers to, uh, well, Mulan asks her, uh, actually, I've got the clip of it here. How did you end up here in your cursed state? You're not the only one who knows about sacrifice. Yeah. So Aurora got back to this palace somehow. We don't know. Maybe this was a terrible thing that happened that Philip was out there searching and then he realized he somehow found out that all this time she's been right back there. <laughs> so they, she was surprised when she woke up, she was surprised that they had to rebuild the castle. She didn't know. So the castle was destroyed. Palace was destroyed or, or torn down mm-hmm. all, all of this. I mean, it's still there, but the kingdom fell while she was asleep. All of this happened. So somehow she came to be there and they didn't expect it. And she references that it had something to do with sacrifice, which is weird. Mm-hmm. It is weird. And she knows something about how long she was asleep, which you would think she shouldn't know. Yeah. And the fact that she doesn't know that Philip said, we will tell her everything. Which makes me think <laughs> that she was... Now, maybe they didn't know what her cursed state was, but I don't think that she was asleep the entire time they were looking for her. And I think we'll see more of mm. that and an explanation for her statement. I think, I think the palace needs to be rebuilt because of like, um, because of the, the curse that ripped everything else away. I mean, wouldn't that cause a huge kind of earthquake? Well, they said they were protected, but maybe they weren't fully well, protected. And they did say there are new evils. Mulan said, there's more. Now, when she said that, some people think that means more wraiths, but she said there's more, which is a contraction for there is more. And then she explains what that more is. And she said there are more dangers that you couldn't even imagine. She wasn't saying there are more wraiths. She's saying there's more to this story. I wonder. And what, that's there are other terrible things out there. Yeah, I wonder what those things could be. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder, is that in the protected area? Or is that outside of this protected area? They refer to a haven, mm-hmm. which obviously they're not in the haven now at this palace. So they have to go to this haven. So, Well, I'm wondering if all of Fairytale Land is still there. Just one section or one area or maybe more than one area was protected and the people weren't even taken. And that's what they meant. You mean everything it, else is in ruin? Right. And has. Yeah. And I hope it's not going to be... I hope we're not going to end up with one of those new weird creature of the week to battle things <laughs> happening. And it's like, oh, yeah, the curse, you know, created all these monsters. Don't know how that happened. <laughs> In the chat room, JMO just brought up uh, the Ogre Wars. Remember, maybe no one was there to stop them. So they ruled the land now and they've brought certain evils with them, too. Mm, that's a good maybe. point. She didn't take the ogres. Do <laughs> you know what drove me crazy? Right before Philip had his soul sucked from him, he looks over his shoulder, not making eye contact with either of the girls, <laughs> saying, I love you. And it's like, ooh, which one? I thought he looked right at Aurora. No, he didn't. He didn't look at anybody. Well, Because they Mulan didn't looked show. at him and Aurora looked at him. So you don't really know which one. He said, I love you, too. But two. didn't they cut right to her face after he, as though that's where he was looking? I don't know who they cut to first, but it just drove me insane that he didn't actually <laughs> look at who he was talking to. So it's like, 
Are you leaving them both with an I love you? <laughs> <laughs> Doubtful. I don't know. Mulan just makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> Things you never thought you'd hear yourself say. <laughs> <laughs> so this Wraith sucks him up, sucks the soul out of him, and his body is left there. Now, remember, he is not dead. He can come back, but his soul has to be uh, brought back from the wraith. And I think that Emma is probably going to be a key to releasing these souls. Because remember, Mulan at the end, beginning of the episode said the sound that the wraith makes is mm-hmm. the sound of all of the souls trying to escape. No, that well, they this, heard a sound. The sound she said that that sound is the voices of those who have stopped trying to escape. That's mm. what she said. I don't have that Something. clip, but I I thought it was... It was souls, anyway. Yeah, souls. Souls. <laughs> and souls are screaming. So, how does his body not decay? Well, his soul isn't dead. So, it's, how does his body not decay? It, it, it's magic. It's, it's, it's fairy tale. It's magic. That's all I can say. It's magic. It's magic. So, I, the fact that Aurora was just aware of Regina and Mulan had to tell Aurora about the Regina about Regina's curse makes it sound like that either this is a portion of land that's so far from the enchanted forest by the way no forest wait there was a forest <laughs> um, <laughs> mm. but this main castle is not in a forest it's more like in a slightly desert area right. but my thinking is that either they're so far away from the enchanted forest that Aurora was only aware of who Regina is or that the events that put Aurora to sleep happened before Regina pronounced the curse or proclaimed. Well, yeah, that's cur- what yeah. I assume. So, but then that makes it hard with timeline to work out of if Aurora was asleep for less than a year, then we have enough events to add up to more than a year unless Aurora went to sleep Do just we? before the curse was pronounced because um, Emma assume let's assume snow didn't get pregnant with emma until after they were married minimum nine months let's make this easier they have not addressed emma's birthday coming up again yet right so i i feel like they would wait what are you saying are you saying let's assume that that let's assume they got pregnant nine months yeah nine months i would assume that nine (laughs) months (laughs) nine months from the wedding until Emma was born, and that's when the curse was enacted. Nine months there. That's what I'm assuming in our timeline that I'm doing over at oncepodcast.com slash timeline. So or, then then when the curse is weakened in Storybrooke, that's more than three months, though. So that's that adds up to more than a year. Maybe so a fairy tale I, no, land. No, because, 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 because. I don't understand what you're saying. Maybe in fairy tale land, pregnancies don't last nine months. <laughs> oh, gosh. I don't know. But what does the pregnancy have to do with anything? Does it matter? She doesn't nine. have to be asleep before. Well, Aurora would have known about the curse. No, she wouldn't. If the curse was proclaimed before she went to sleep, she would have heard about it. Mm, maybe. Probably would have. It's assuming a lot. They didn't have email. I think fairy tale land was. <laughs> I think I think we're gonna assume that the whole fairy tale land was like shaken, and maybe I like the theory that maybe they're far enough away that they weren't as affected by it. But I also like the the theory that the fairies were the ones that protected. Like those were preparations that they made yeah. to protect and preserve a small portion of fairy tale land. Yeah, it could be 
fairies. Could be this is Regina's secret that she was hoping to go back to. It could be Rumpelstiltskin. It could be um, Cora oh, is another theory. that. Rumpelstiltskin could have like written this portion out of the curse zone. <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, maybe. Uh-huh. So we, we're going to see them there for a while, probably, because... Emma and and Mary Margaret now have to get back to Storybrooke somehow, which, by the way, their absence from Storybrooke allows that Henry's father could show up in Storybrooke and we not know he's Henry's father right? with Emma gone. Oh, yeah, because nobody will recognize him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He might recognize Henry, but he might keep it a secret. I don't think he'd recognize Henry. Well, by knowledge of who Henry is, but he might not like just see him and say, Oh yeah, that's my son. But it might be a knowledge of Emma was here. That's her son. That's my son. Mm. And he'll order pumpkin pie. (laughs) (laughs) That would be, yeah, the telling. Oh, forgot about that. So there's a lot that could happen from here. A lot of things. And we do have a spoiler section that I'm going to include at the end of this episode. So if you want to hear some spoilers for upcoming episodes, then listen after the music, after I close the episode, and then there will be a spoiler warning before the spoilers start. But if you want to stick around for that, you can hear that after the end of the episode. Please send us your feedback on the next episode of Once Upon a Time, once it airs. Send your feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com or call 903-231-2221. Or you can also go to oncepodcast.com and click on the send a voice message tab on the right side and record a message from your computer. And join us for the live chat during the Eastern and Central time that the show is on ABC. And then our initial reactions podcast, 15 minutes after the episode ends. So that will be at 9.15 Eastern time on Sunday nights. And then we do our full discussion this episode on Wednesday nights at 8.30 Eastern time. And both of those are at oncepodcast.com slash live. And please check out the show notes for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 52. Remember to nominate us for the podcast awards. Go to oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards and follow each of us on Twitter. You can follow the show on twitter.com slash oncepodcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me at twitter.com slash fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. So check out everything else. Join the forums at oncepodcast.com slash forums, and be a part of the community. Share your thoughts and theories, and discuss it with so many other oncers over there. It's a totally awesome community. We're sure you'll love it. So until next time, remember, I'm not your prince. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts and make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of Once Podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. And if you want some spoilers for the next couple episodes of Once Upon a Time, stick around as we have the special spoiler segment submitted to us by a listener. I hate spoilers! Hi, 
I'm Hunter Hathaway, and you are listening to the spoiler section of the Once Upon a Time podcast. There are spoilers, so if you do not want to hear them, you should turn off the podcast now. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the spoilers. Episode 2 is titled, We Are Both. In this episode, Prince Charming is trying to get to Snow and Emma while everyone is looking to him for guidance. We also find out what happens when someone crosses the border of Storybrooke. Back in Fairytale Land, Regina meets with a man of magic one can only think is Rumpelstiltskin, who promises her to help her break free of her mother, Cora. Now, we also have some titles for some of the upcoming episodes. Episode 3 will be titled Lady of the Lake. Episode 4 is The Crocodile. Episode 5 is The Doctor. And Episode 6, Tallahassee. I'm guessing The Crocodile is all about Captain Hook and The Doctor. We finally get to find out who Dr. Whale is. Not positive on that, but that's what I'm thinking. In casting news, George Garcia was cast as the giant. No other details are available. I am personally guessing he is the giant to the Jack and the Beanstalk, since we already know they casted, um, or they were looking to cast people for uh, Jack. So I'm guessing he will be playing the the giant for that role. Um, Michael Raymond James has been cast as a mystery man. All we... All is being kept secret, but we do know his role will be arced over a few episodes. He is known for his roles in True Blood as the serial killer from Season 1 and Terrors. Shinquia Falls of Teen Wolf fame has been casted as Sir Lancelot as a sword for hire after being banished from the Knights of the Round Table. We also have the right star actor Colin Donahue has been cast as Captain Hook and he is said to be a recurring role. And finally, Annabeth Gersh from Pretty Little Liars and the West Wing will be in Episode 7. She will play Anita, the leader of a pack of humans who turn out to be wolves. Hope you enjoy the spoiler section, and thanks for listening. Thank you so much, Hunter, for sending in those spoilers. You can check out Hunter's website over at bitofpixiedust.com and thank her for sending those in. 